Good morning! This is Erica Ensign, and you are listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'll see you in the future. Welcome to Too Much Scrolling for January 17th, 2023. I'm Steve Fodor. And I'm Blue Chip Hessenfly. See some blue. Chip We're going blue today, Steve. Hessenfly. What's what's making you blue, my friend? Oh no, no, no. It's gonna show up in a in a moment when we start reviewing movies, Steve. Okay, we'll find out. We'll find out what's making Chip blue. <laughs> the blues don't bother me. Well, it's not that type of blues, Steve. Oh, different blues. Oh, we'll get a clue then. Film at 11. Bring us to our film at 11, our movie of the week. Hey, Chip, did you make it to the movie theater this week? No, but I did rent a brand new movie. A new movie released January 4th. This is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Exactly. That's why we're blue, Steve. We're going blue today. The title we cannot say. He who shall not be named in the movie that cannot be titled what is this what is this all about well this is based on the 2016 book with the same name steve by mark manson which um my daughter she asked me to purchase well i guess when it came out and she read it it's a self-help book it's about maybe how to look at life steve this is a documentary it is this is a documentary this is not a, a dramatic piece Exactly. So huh. this is uh, based on, I don't know, a, a self-help book about how uh, to look at the world, about how to you make yourself um, happier in the world by just recognizing, yeah, everything can't be uh, on the highest, highest level. You, most of us are not LeBron James, Steve. So you're trying to say that all of my superlatives for the last nine years of this podcast, where I where I feel like everything is awesome (laughs) is not the way to to get through life well as we've uh, said steve we're the sixth best podcast in chicago hampshire's favorite podcast (laughs) (laughs) we won steve that's right so this book is is a self-help book thinking about positivity thinking about getting through your day and and how to survive another day that sounds familiar uh, it, it does sound like uh something that we should probably focus on steve mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know we we learned a little bit uh about this and i think that if you are an adult our age you know 29 years or older steve mm-hmm. that you have been introduced to many of these ideas before if you're a young person, you haven't because, I mean, you're just young. You you just haven't been able to experience enough of life to have these, you know, hit over your head all the time. Okay. So most Americans think that with, you know, just a subtle turn, a little tweak, all of a sudden next week you could be elected president of the United States. Well, I mean, while that is possible, it is not probable. Okay. So there's only one president of the United States. There, um, many people uh, train lots and lots of hours to be 
the you know Tom Brady is a quarterback or the LeBron James or you know name name the thing that you want uh, the the Ryan Reynolds Steve I was about to say Ryan Reynolds I I'll take being Ryan Reynolds over those two guys for sure well the point is is that they've worked hard mm-hmm. um they certainly have skill and they have maybe there's a little luck involved um but the the point is is that they most people are not working at that level and have that type of uh, success. And if we're always comparing ourselves to the most extremely successful, then there's a lot of discontent on that. And that's that's one of the problems with uh, social media is that you think that everyone is on their vacation to Thailand or to Hawaii or to Disney World. And not only were they there, they had the most incredible experience Never an experience, um, you know, like that ever. Well, mm-hmm. most of us are not Jeff Bezos, who or, or uh, and put together a uh, rocket ship and went to outer space. Okay, but we can live successful lives. We can have times that are joyful. Um, but you know, most of life is a little bit of misery with relief. And uh, we learned a little bit of that from Jordan Peterson. I mean, he said the same thing, right? I, I don't know Jordan Peterson. Tell me, tell me well, the Jordan Peterson. We reviewed his book a couple of years ago, The Twelve Principles. Okay, he, he's, I, he's he's a controversial figure. Okay, so but I, anyway, he's a self help type guy too. I think of Andrew Dice Clay when I think of this because he was interviewed on one of my favorite radio shows once, and they started the interview with, "Hey, how are you?" And he goes, "Well." How happy can you ever really be? I mean, I'm fine, but but you know, what's the highest score? Where how happy can I actually be? That's kind of what I'm getting from your review of this book is there's joy in life. There's fantastic things that happen, but it doesn't have to be constant and you can work on the the moment that you're in. Well, and and that's the whole point is that you prepare yourself so that if you do get that opportunity, that you've got that shot. So even if you were uh, the the best quarterback in the world, you know, an injury, something could set you back. You know, mm-hmm. you could you could be at the position where you could win, but you know that is an honor just to be there too. Yeah. So Joseph Campbell said stuff like, "Hey, find your bliss." And other people say something, if you do what you, you know, you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. Those are both, both saying the same thing. He says the same thing in here. My my favorite introduction into this movie, um, and also through this book, is the Disappointment Panda. Yeah. <laughs> Disappointment <laughs> Panda <laughs> seems like, this is the way I thought of him. Immediately thought of like, um, like that British guy. He was like, it's my lot in life. You know, that type of thing. Is, is that Piff the Magic Dragon? Is that who's, who you've got in your head? There you go. Piff the Magic Dragon. Okay. Uh, yeah. Not not quite as famous as his um, as, as his cousin, Puff. <laughs> that, that dry British guy who stands next to you and goes, you know, this is not that bad. This is okay. Disappointment Panda. <laughs> yeah. Disappointment Panda doesn't recognize that life is amazing. Uh, just by existing in it yeah. Uh, because I mean, the chances of you being here and all this other stuff, the chances of you living at a time in life where, you know, there's air conditioning. Imagine that Steve, Mm -hmm. uh, imagine having enough food. 
that you can eat and eat and eat. Well, imagine how much cheap calories we get. There's a problem with having too much, too. Yes. Well, anyway, um, this is a really nice presentation. If you're a teenager, if you want to go through a self-help type of documentary, I certainly would recommend this. He's entertaining and joyful and all that other stuff. You can actually subscribe to his YouTube channel. I'm sure he's got... you You can hire... Disappointment Panda to come to your office and talk to your uh, employees if you need to. I love uh, the quote here that it's backed both by academic research and well-timed poop jokes. Well, there you go. 65 out of 100. You okay. can um, you can you can digitally stream it from your favorite service. I uh, enjoyed this. I'm glad I found it. So this is probably a book that we should look into. We should probably read this book at some point. Sounds like it's right up my alley. Exactly, Steve. One day they'll bang it into our heads and we'll actually we'll actually understand it. Yeah. Democrat Katie Porter was reading it on the House floor while they were, everybody was voting for Speaker of the House last week, and that went viral. That that idea of uh, subtle uh, not caring while she's going through her day. That's an interesting uh, way to look at things i guess she was quiet existing yeah there you go she was definitely being subtle with this bright orange book with with this title you saw some other things of more documentaries you've been uh is it documentary week is january documentary month chip is that really how this works um it was just one of those things where i just ran across them so this is this came out early part of december Okay. I wanted to see it then. We actually talked about it when, before mm-hmm. it was released. And somehow I remembered that it was out and I got to see it. So this is Dave Stevens, Drawn to Perfection. This is a documentary about the illustrator of The Rocketeer and was also instrumental in reintroducing the world of the 50s pinup model, Betty Page. So Dave Stevens is a comic book artist. Um, and I say that because that's not really what he is. He is an artist who is very, very gifted at the pen and paper and a perfectionist at that. Mm. Um, he um, always drew his parents were his father was an artist. Um, he did work for Hanna-Barbera. He, he was one of the people who put together the cheaply made cartoons that we watched in the 1970s, Steve. Okay. And he was very slow. There's your first thing you need to know. A a perfectionist, very slow, but he did have a skill. His skill was certainly figures recognizing how things should be shaped. And a lot of skilled artists who were as skilled as he was were able to produce a lot more. So he was given the end caps of them. This is where the, the the character should be. This is where they will be. And other artists would, would work the insides because they could work a lot uh, more quickly. Okay. Um, he always had multiple projects going on at the same time. And that was because he never got settled of what he was good at. So he, he worked on a comic strip. And the comic strip, it was really funny. Um, I think his... The Rocketeer started with one publisher, and by the time that he would finish the strip, the publisher would be out of business, and he'd have to find another publisher. And I think he went through three or four publishers through The Rocketeer. And it was many times it was a backup story or something they would put together 
once he finished it. And his contemporaries would come over and help him out sometimes. I think he was really good at refining people. So he he did get his start um, also kind of finishing art for the Tarzan strip that used to be in the newspapers. Okay. And I mean, my goodness, if you saw his work, you would know exactly what they are, what it, what it was. He was a storyboard artist, by the way, for Raiders of the Lost Ark. So that's certainly some imagery that is strong in that movie. Yes. So Raiders of the Lost Ark was based off serials from the 50s. Rocketeer was based off serials from the 1950s. Not Commander Cody, please. Please anything but Commander Cody. <laughs> But this works out real well for him because there's always something very exciting. There's cliffhangers at the end, all that other fun stuff. George Lucas used to come in and, because he works very slowly, would say, you need to speed up. We don't need perfection on this. And Steven Spielberg would go in and just get marveled at it and just say, keep doing what you're doing. So isn't that an interesting thing? You got George Lucas and Steven Spielberg both pulling you in different directions. Those two definitely had a different vision for filmmaking. They they worked well together, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, but they do filmmaking differently for sure. The Rocketeer eventually was finished and they were shopping it around to get to different movie uh, studios. Eventually, they kept they kept getting turned down. It got came down to this. Uh, it came down to Disney. Disney's not known to pay a lot for it, um, but he decided he would do that. If Disney would have turned him down, Spielberg would have taken it under his hmm. wing. But hmm. it did eventually get made by Spielberg, so the Rocketeer did become a movie, and they requested a few changes. Betty Page, who was the original. I guess the female lead mm -hmm. and who Dave Stevens wanted to be the lead was not the lead in the movie. Um, the lead in the movie was Cliff who was the rocketeer and rightly so. I mean, it's his story, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, this, this was a fun exploration of an artist that I knew of. Um, he certainly made a lot of impressions on me when I was a young person because of his, just wonderful penmanship. Okay. And he lost his life to cancer. Hmm. So he he had a lot of passions. He certainly was an interesting person. It allowed him to live an interesting life. And if you have interest, if you're an artist who has interest in the pen and ink world or in Hollywood or in, you know, storyboarding or something of that nature, I think you would find this very interesting and inspiring. Nice. We've got a lot of great artists amongst my students, some some fantastic artists that really can draw some interesting thoughts from looking at some of the work of the past. That's interesting. You've also watched another nonfiction piece this week. Welcome to Wrexham. This is the docu-series chronicling the purchase and stewardship of the Wrexham football team in Wales. This is about Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney purchasing the Wrexham AFC club. It's a soccer club in Wales. And what it meant to that community, what it meant to Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Rob McElhenney was one of the actors in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. 
Ryan Reynolds. I don't know. Does he? I think he did Green Lantern. <laughs> He's from Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. <laughs> I think that's what he did. Anyway, most people don't know who he is. I think he's going to be somebody one day. Uh, with his gin business? Probably with his, with his gin his, business. And his mint phone business? He's By a busy way, man. Well, speaking of this, there's plenty of dropped-in product placement in this. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> there's like TikTok, um, Expedia, Aviation Gen. Who else is in this? Anyway, they get dropped all over the place. I'm sure they paid money to be part of it. This is, by the way, 18 episodes. This mm -hmm. is from the purchase of the club to the final play of the first season that they purchased. So they need to do things like, hey, they're going to have to fix the field and fix the uh, stands. They're going to have, because this is a, a soccer club that plays on the lowest level okay. of professional sports in uh, Great Britain. So the way the Great Britain uh, soccer clubs work, you go from the lowest level, you keep moving up different leagues. Eventually you end up in the premier league. And Got that's it. one of the things that we should also point out is that they truly are there. They may be below this is not single a baseball level. Okay. This is probably below that. Maybe it's single A baseball. Anyway, some, it's somewhere around there. And, you know, think about Major League Baseball. That's what you're doing. You're kind of moving up those leagues to get to the higher levels. I won't tell you how it ends because it's part of the journey. But they had to put money in the club. They had to convince the community that they were honest owners in the sense that they had a commitment to winning with their club and, and moving up to that next level. They had the previous owner had made a number of deals that may not have worked in the best interest of the club long term. And that is like, I think he sold the land that the soccer stadium is on. So it could have been if they, if Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney had not repurchased that back, then their soccer field could go away. And that's, mm. that's the heartland of this club. I think what I like most about this is recognizing how much sports kind of and the excitement around it kind of brings a community together. Mm. The, the American equivalent of that would be your local university that plays college football. If you're in Evanston and you know Northwestern's playing, listen, you cheer for the home team. You're mm -hmm. in Evanston, right? Or if you're in Champaign and you're cheering for Illinois, and Illinois is not known for winning national championships in football, but it is possible they could have this incredible run and they could go and they could do it. And that would spark the whole community. That would be something for the whole community to come together to experience. Jeff George, Illinois quarterback, led them to a Rose Bowl victory at some point. So there you go. For those people who understand college football. But this is a story of their hiring the new manager, bring, recognizing that they needed additional players, how to let go of players that help build. I think the most powerful of the episodes is episode 17. And in fact, episode 17, you should just watch it. If you have access to Hulu or FX, just go watch episode 17. It talks about, um, particularly men, and about their need to have friendships. Hmm. And what it really means. And sports is a way to connect with friends.
And, you know, the community can connect with the local franchise. But really, the place to go and have a beer at the local pub and cheer on your team together or go play darts together or to talk to each other and stuff like that. And it's just, it's, you know, women tend to automatically do this. For men, it's much more challenging. There's plenty of studies to show the challenge of this and why why this is important. It's, it's, it's important. And one of my favorite stories on that was Rob uh, McElhinney's wife is being interviewed by Rob, who is substituting for somebody on one of these talk shows. Shows a clip. She goes, hey, look at this clip. And the Wrexham team scores a goal. And the wife, Rob's wife, raises her hands up. Yay! Turns around to look at her husband, who is jumping up and down because Wrexham has scored. And then looks at his wife and turns to Ryan Reynolds to give Ryan Reynolds a big hug. And the, the point being, she goes, look at this, my husband. And he goes, well, to be fair, it is Ryan Reynolds, right? <laughs> right, right. There, there is that. But that camaraderie, that that idea of having something where we can have a relationship over this thing, this sports, that's kind of an important message here. Well, it's not just sports. It could be anything that there anything. is a passion of. Building yeah. cars together, you know, whatever those things are that men would, would normally do. Um, Podcasting. Podcasting could be one. That certainly could be it. <laughs> but there, there is a benefit to having, for males having other male friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it means to, what well, everyone needs to have friends. Everyone mm-hmm. needs a community. But particularly um, this group that we seem to be losing. And um, there's, a, there's a lot of research on that. There's, there's a therapist who is also talking through that entire show And Mm. she's showing you some of the research on that and why it's important. Okay. The series ends with the community talking about what the season has meant for them Mm -hmm. and how powerful it it was to have, you know, first of all, you get the spotlight on. So Mm -hmm. Steve could go online and, and buy a Wrexham jersey and he's part of the in crowd because there's a little Hollywood part of this but that's not why it was powerful for that community the community is a beaten down community that has been struggling for an identity and this is part of the resurgence of that community because what they're thinking is is that all of a sudden Wrexham is brought up into if there's a business that wants to move somewhere or if there is you know tourism or anything that that could Put a spotlight on a community. Think about the number of communities in your state that had a business a part of them and the business moved away. Mm-hmm. And I'm immediately thinking of Belvedere. Yeah. Because the the, um, the Chrysler plant just sh- shut down, Belvedere, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And that one time they built they built a lot of different Jeeps and and Dodges and 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 other Chrysler products. But they're shutting that down. That may never reopen. And what is that going to mean for Belvedere? Right. So anyway, this is cert- certainly a very interesting show. Okay. Uh, and I would say that if you like Ted Lasso, you would like this one. 
Okay. And, uh, you know, it's a great, great place to begin. You, you watch the World Cup. You're aware of it. Major League Soccer season starting. And you run, you recognize what, you know, those, those clubs go through. Support your local team is what I would say. And I don't care what sport it is, just cheer for them. And even if you don't go to watch the team play, just to be supportive of the young people doing what they're doing. Absolutely. I love our local small town, little baseball clubs that, that have that, you know, community feeling like this is our thing that we are doing. And I look forward to more of that community being created around these events. The Shambig Flyers, Steve. Yep, there you Kane go. Kane County Cougars. I love the Kane County Cougars. I, I enjoy my time watching silly, not even on a high level skill, but I identify, wow, that person was able to do that. And we were there to cheer for that person. I, I love that. I've got the Durham Bulls near me. Okay. They're AAA. So they're mm-hmm. one le- level below Major League Baseball. Wouldn't it be interesting if franchises would move up and down? Imagine the Durham Bulls somehow qualifying to go and play Major League Baseball. That certainly that, would be interesting, wouldn't it? That's a that's an interesting system in the in the UK where this soccer club can move up into the next echelon. Mm-hmm. That's great. Book it, Brings us to our book it, our book of the week. Uh, boy, I wish I had read this one in October, Chip. I read a ghost story this week. Does it star Eric Clapton, Steve? Oh, I get it, because this title is Layla, which is an Eric Clapton song. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) The title of the book this week is Layla. This was published in 2020 by Colleen Hoover. Uh, You may remember that I read a Colleen Hoover book in November, and uh, one of our listeners decided that we should read another Colleen Hoover title. So she sent over a copy of Layla for us. Excellent, Steve. Tell us a little bit about this spooky story. Spooky. Colleen Hoover has a a wonderful way to write about complicated relationships in life and deep emotion with that that complicated relationship that we have with other people. This story is a love story with a character named Leeds and his love of his life called Layla. And they fall in love in a wonderful, beautiful scene at the beginning of this book. And then there is a tragedy that occurs where there is gunfire and uh physical and emotional scarring that occurs as a result of what is a a stalker in this relationship. Well, that doesn't sound like fun at all, Steve. So far, this is no fun whatsoever. The, The stalker comes in and shoots Layla. Layla goes to the hospital. And after this terrible emotional attack Layla it just isn't the same afterwards the the mental cost of being assaulted uh really really affects her 
I can imagine that. So far, so good, right? So far, we're in reality. This is all the way that life goes. If you have a an assault that occurs, you might have a hard time getting through that moment. So Leeds decides that he's going to rekindle their relationship and try to get back what they had by bringing Layla back to the bed and breakfast where they first met that's where the story becomes bizarre because Layla is taken over by a ghost that lives in the bed and breakfast. Okay. (laughs) And that's where we've lost chip so far. We were just fine, but now we've got this other spiritual level for this story. The idea of the soul connections that we make is the theme here. It's a, it's a terrifying story about stalkers and fame that leads to this desire for a soul connection, making those connections, those relationships in life that may just go ahead and last into the next life. So what do we want to learn from this story? To take care of each other, to, to genuinely, genuinely care about the people around us, to be very careful with people who are out to hurt us, and to make sure that we know who we are in addition to how we relate to others. The relationship that is covered here is is beautiful. The people that need to be together wind up together in this story in a wonderful way. The person who's the stalker is punished through this afterlife soul connection and it is uh brutal in some pieces and romantic in some pieces but no matter what the emotion is colleen hoover has a way to express the emotional story even through those uncomfortable moments in such a a beautiful beautiful way She's written lots of books. Uh, Her most famous book is called It Ends With Us. That was published in 2016. This week she was in the news because she uh, likes the idea of adult coloring books and decided to publish an adult coloring book uh, along as a companion to that book, It Ends With Us. But unfortunately, that story delves into some of the themes about domestic abuse and uh, making a, a joyous coloring book around the centerpiece of domestic abuse was probably a bad idea she came to that realization this week and canceled the publication of that coloring book okay we need to experience life and that's the big theme and and sometime the best time to do it is as a ghost well the theme is take time now because when you're a ghost life is very different when you're dead (laughs) There's there's a lot of emotional uh, roller coaster to Layla, and it, it's really well put together storytelling about this ghost and and questioning our own sanity, questioning our own choices, questioning what it means to be in a relationship. There's uh, there's a lot to unpack in Layla. Excellent. That's Layla, published in 2020 by Colleen Hoover. Scroll with it. 
brings us to our scroll with it. There's plenty of things happening in the world. Let's talk about almost none of them, Chip. Steve, let's talk about the Chicago Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Bears season is over, everybody. Go home. The Bears hired a new president and CEO this week. That is Kevin Warren, who was the Big Ten commissioner up until now. The Big Ten. He was a part of the group that expanded the conference. They just took on Southern Cal and uh, UCLA, Steve. Two teams from Los Angeles are joining a Chicago-based, uh, Midwest-based conference. Oh, boy. He's going to replace the outgoing president and CEO, Ted Phillips, who's been with the Chicago Bears for a long time. George Hallis's daughter, Virginia Hallis McCaskey, celebrated her 100th birthday two weeks ago. She is still in charge of the Chicago Bears. Steve, what I would say is have a uh, Polish sausage you know, in her honor. The Bears. <laughs> Maybe some ribs. So silly. We are we are such silly people in <laughs> Chicago. We 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 find that joy in that community of sports for sure. It seems like By a the theme way, for the day. Kevin Warren is an excellent hire for the Bears and certainly could elevate the Bears to their next phase. Whether they end up refurbishing Soldier Field, I wouldn't say. That I is, don't think that's gonna happen. Or moving out to Arlington Park, Steve, where all the horses are. I well, they used to be. They they've taken them away now. But yes, I think uh, a move to a larger facility is going to be a much better uh, financial decision than trying again to modify Soldier Field. Well, this seems a very exciting time for the Bears fans because uh, she she's a hundred years old, Steve, mm-hmm. and there could be if it's anything like what happened. When the uh, owner of the Blackhawks, Steve, uh, mm-hmm. decided to enter the afterlife, the Blackhawks won a championship. Yes, they did. The Blackhawks became a very important part of Chicago sports right after uh, Mr. Wirtz passed away. And Virginia McCaskey, being born in 1923, uh, has a lot of ideas that I, I think we can uh, get past soon, hopefully. The Bear. Welcome, Kevin. Angela Bassett made history this week. She won an award at the Golden Globe Awards for her part as an actor in the MCU. She's the first actor from that entire, what, two decades of movies to win a Golden Globe Award. Well, you know, the city of Wakanda, Illinois is very excited for her. Wakanda forever. (laughs) Do you think that Angela Bassett did a a good acting job in the, the latest... Black Panther movie? It's a superhero movie, Steve. Not an award-winning kind of. Uh, I, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, dive sort so, of story. You could be the best actor in the world, which they have a lot of. Um, you know, of the Hollywood royalty that are part of these movies, mm-hmm. but they're all just parts. I mean, you're you're playing a part. It's not like you're given material that's going to be for posterity. And that's one discussion that I've been having this week is the idea of the movie star might be over. There might not be another movie star. Tom Cruise might be the last of a of a dying breed because who who is it that you are caring about? Is it the character or is it the actor? And Angela Bassett being a fantastic actor is the part set because of the comic book that she is portraying. 
Possibly. I mean, I, I don't have a, a answer for that. Will Hollywood become like, I don't know, the British system where there's you know 15 to 20 actors who rotate around? Well, that's possible. Mm-hmm. That's possible. But, you know, Hollywood's a big, big group. Yep. And, you know, at this point, we're just in a unique time for the production of our entertainment. Mm-hmm. And so right now it's I don't know, these these superhero movies certainly have a one way of of presenting their stories. Will we go back to traditional films? Who knows? Mm. Who knows? But mm. you know, there's always something fun, you know, coming out of, of Hollywood. And a lot of retreading, rebooting is happening this week. The reboot sitcoms are on their way, Chip. Here's a list of things you will never see. The first one is the new reboot of Night Court from the late 1980s on NBC. How how lovely. I look forward to trying to rekindle some of that straight sitcom writing. Night Court was must-see TV, and I loved every moment of that storytelling. I look forward to this one on NBC Tonight. Well, you can tell us about it, Steve. I will tell you about it next week. You can guarantee it. On Netflix, starting on Thursday, there is the sequel, not a reboot. This is that 90s show coming to Netflix. The sequel to that 70s show from Fox from the uh, very late 1900s and early 2000s. I never watched that 70s show, Steve. No. Nope. That's cultural. That's that is one of those cultural icons. I enjoy all of those silly characters and all of and now that they're, you know, 20 years older, uh let's see how much wiser Kelso is. Uh I doubt it. <laughs> you know, Steve, it's about 40 years from this first part of world history. Thank goodness Mel Brooks is still alive, Steve, because no, it seems there seems to be enough time for a part two. Yes. History of the World Part 2. We talked about this months ago when they first announced it. It is coming to Hulu in March. Uh, Yes, we have been waiting over 40 years for History of the World Part 2 that Mel Brooks promised us uh, years and years ago. He just needed more history, Steve. I look forward to this. I I love the storytelling of Mel Brooks. I love the fact that I think he is possibly the best anti-racist writer of all time. If you want to stamp out racism, make fun of it. Show the ridiculousness of racism, and hopefully we can put an end to the division of them and us. That's silly. There's one race, Steve, the human race. And we're all winning. <laughs> when the aliens come down, that's when we'll finally come together as as a, a single Earth race, right? I look forward to that. I don't know, Chip. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Only if we can come back next week, Steve. Yes, sir. Come back next week. Hopefully I'll have watched something and or read something to talk about for next week. Uh, I've got I've got all sorts. It's musical season. It is time. Everything is going. We would love to hear from you. Give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. Our website is too much scrolling.com. Our email is too much scrolling at gmail.com. We're still on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And you can always ask your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Too Much Scrolling. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Fodor. And I'm Blue Chip Essence Club. I just want to-
see you in the future. It's a late night show.